Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? You know that sound. It is the Unfiltered Band. It means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way here. And now it's an October Unfiltered Live on a Wednesday as we get ready for game number four of the World Series with the Phillies. Now with a 2-1 to lead on the Houston Astros and continue to be undefeated at Citizens Bank Ballpark. Now six up, zero down to begin the postseason. We begin and we thank the Unfiltered Band. We tell you, you could jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution anytime. Be a part of Unfiltered, October Unfiltered. Get into my Twitter at Casey Stern. In the bio, you'll see my YouTube channel where you can watch us live at noon Eastern. You'll also see Believes. You can get it there. That's B-L-E-A-V. We, of course, part of the Believe Network here. You've got three ways to view us. You could chat with us along the way. It's simple. Pop open the Twitter box or the YouTube box. Get in. And right there, you could tweet and chat along the way and jump right in live. And as always, be part of the Unfiltered Revolution and get your Believe merch as well. As we believe, we've got a busy show because there's a lot to unpack from Game 3 as we head into Game Number 4. As always, we're happy to be here and presented by Bet Online. Basketball's back. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You get the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Your continued source for all sports wagering information. Bet Online's got live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all your uh, favorite sports and events and bet on the NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, even golf, if that's your thing. It's simple. Just get over to betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag to join. You get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit, but you have to use this promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. You got to believe B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. It's BetOnline where the game starts as we get started after a night that uh, was delayed by a day. And certainly it looked like it was delayed for a lot of Astros fans where they're tipping of pitches, just mashing of pitches, all the uh, intricacies that went on behind the scenes, the conversation between Harper and Bohm, which uh, was being gossiped about on Twitter plenty and all kinds of videos. And we get uh, that and much, much more as our buddy host of the Believe in Astros show here on our network. Does a great job, of course, all season long as part of the broadcast crew, the Houston Astros former Stro. And he also beat them way back when with a big home run, but we don't remind them of that. Here's Jeff Blum. Blummer, how are you, buddy? How's everything okay? <laughs> it's going as good as it can be. After last, yeah, you know, I, I, let me start here because yeah, I, I've seen all the videos, I've seen the position of the glove, watching the leg kicks, and all of that, and have my own takes. But from the outside, you're sitting there from a hitter perspective as you're watching it with Lance. Did you think he was tipping his pitches? And then when you go back and you see all those videos, what did you see? Yeah, it's amazing how much evidence is out out there. There's- can can get to work and really breaking things down and it's a little bit especially a high stress environment of the world series even going throughout watching some of these when comes out and hit some of your better pitchers harder than you anticipate in a game and and the first indication is because they they seem to be spitting on pitches that they're taking whole attacks on also taking very, very good two strike swings and I okay they're either on to my game plan way I'm giving them an idea of what's about the pitch tip 
thing. And there are some guys, not just the Phillies or the Astros, these one or two guys in that in that dugout. These guys apart and start to notice a little key action isn't as as high as it love is a little too close to the face because their tries will key on that. And they're in that dugout saying, okay, I saw it. This is the pitch that's coming. And Bryce Harper and Baum, we're on to his tendencies. Sit on this pitch and this step. But the combination of possible on those pitches uh, was something that was gone. I found it interesting to see when you started to see the Phillies hitters did a fantastic. And when Lance is around that zone, be in the zone, and that's where he got, got hit. You know, one of the other things, and, you know, clearly there seemed to be glove position a big factor, right? There were, you know, it's ironic. Obviously, this happens in this case against the Astros. For anybody who didn't understand going back to 2017, why is this such a big deal? It shows you and illustrates as best as you can why if you know what pitch is coming, it's a big it's a big difference maker. The other thing, though, that wasn't even about glove position or leg kick Jeff, that I'm sitting there watching this game. We know Lance, you know, pitching around the fastball. He's got breaking balls for days through 24, 25 curveballs in a row, going back to 2017 in LCS against the Yankees, right, and was successful in a game seven. But when you're not throwing, you don't have to premiere it, but if you're not showing the fastball, how much are you more putting a hitter in a comfortable seat? Because I'm sitting there watching this game saying, whether he's tipping or not, he's not showing it enough for me to not sit there breaking ball in those spots. You know, this day and age, and, uh, you know, a couple of years, league-wide, you're starting to fall. It's a lot, a lot of power spin in there, and then you sh- is showing that fastball or maybe a little bit and going off speed early and then rush outs. And Lance wasn't able to do The game plan was just originally to, to go to the spin. And some of the better left-handed hitters around the league can backdoor it. He can front door it. But they started to take that pitch, and he got tough time locating that. But you're right, pitches, and that's kind of what you're doing as a hitter. Has got a bastard slider, bastard curve. I might have a chance against, but so I'm not. I'm going to eliminate that. Guess probably do a 33% get that, or you start to enlarge that hitting, not easier, but it makes the makes me more comfortable as a hitter in that. That's how it started for the Philadelphia Phillies thing, and they really started to lay into Lance McCray. Like many hitters, the Philadelphia Phillies are not different in this way, but in hitters in today's day and age, and Jeff Blum joining us, you you can strike them out. They're going to strike out. But normally, it's getting ahead early in a count, usually with a fastball, and then putting yourself in a position where you could then go off the plate, go away to a right-hander, use your out pitches, all the sorts of things, that, especially when you got a slider like that, right, to get some swings and misses. But when you're so much in the zone, Jeff, like he was with those pitches, it, forget about leaking. It was almost like he's he's playing in that area, you can't look. Jacob Degrom can't throw middle middle. People don't understand that. But even even a guy like that, right? Just to use an example, who's throwing 101 miles an hour, 
it's because not just the velocity, but he's dotting 101 in the four quadrants, right? In just the perfect spots. When you're leaking and now you're leaking, forget about it, 98, 99, but leaking with a curveball, leaking with a slider, leaking with a high 80s fastball, you're in trouble. Lance said after the game he had his stuff. Did you look at Lance's just stuff alone? What stood out to you? Take away the Phillies approach. Take away what we saw from where the hand position was in the guessing pitches. Was the stuff there last night from a colors? Dig on that a little bit because when I, I think think of you know, you know he, he's a highly and with a lot of the terms there is you know release point and, and extending towards home plate big guy on being able to fig hitters and that's where he's had a lot of his success with colors stuff in my mind from watching that fastball jumps out of the hand, hand a little bit inside run and it kind of hit, hitters kind of heck was that and when he's able to stand the spin and even if he started to have that in the hitter's mind to be able to run that's good but that fastball on that bro the slider will kind of tunnel it to home plate and then as a hitter you spin where that pitch is going to be and normally my mind is right. It will start to bring you start your swing. It'll continue to break. It's a lot of swing and miss and frustration. Seeing that they weren't chasing it, those pitches in in the in the square that we're talking. About. And I think that that's what was really interesting to me. Pitches that they were hitting out, they were all with on TV, and the Phillies didn't miss them too. Is he didn't create the swing and miss, and it has. But uh, you know, Lance said he had his stuff. I've got to believe him. Coming out of the hand, but you and I both know there were a lot of pitches that were hittable. Yeah, and that's the problem. Look, any lineup. I mean, look, and that's why you know Bryce Harper one thing, but look at the Rip Marsh had at it. Right? I mean, you start leaking over the plate. They're yeah. big league hitters for a reason. You know that. But in any, I mean, you look, you, you, it doesn't matter who you make mistakes to. Bryce Harper going to take advantage when you don't make a mistake. He's going to find a way to force you into a mistake. <laughs> but the other guys, it doesn't matter who it is. You can't be in a situation like that. Forget Kyle Schwarber hit the ball 9,000 miles. But Lance McCullers should not have broken that record and allowed the five home runs yesterday. And I want to go there. You know, I love Dusty. I know Dusty. He's a fan, and this is not back. He's a fantastic manager, and it's hard for me. And I don't want Philly fans to get mad, but it's hard for me knowing him. And he's a friend of mine to not root for him to go get three more wins to get this thing right. But he made a mistake yesterday, and I, I, I was sitting there watching it as it's happening. And it's funny because it took a couple innings later, but then John Smoltz on the broadcast recognized what I'm sitting there and tweeting because a a series like this is about how you use your pitchers and how you use your weapons. You may have not come back in this game. And I think a lot of Astro fans, yep, were sitting there and saying, why isn't he pulling him? Because the game's getting out of hand, and we got to stay in it. And that's true. But to me, the bigger point was you can't let it get out of hand and now take away from Rob Thompson having to use Alvarado, having to use Dominguez. 
if you keep that thing four, five, nothing, even you're almost guaranteed Alvarado's getting in there for at least an inning, maybe two to try and see if they can add on and you get to change pitchers and maybe they would see Alvarado better. A guy with high velocity, which means in that small park could turn around the other way. I thought that was a big mistake. They really played into, look, I know Brogdon and Nelson and Gibson did a good job, but how much are you sitting there thinking Dusty's going to be kicking himself for not forcing Rob Thompson to use his assets yesterday? That was a very, very good synopsis of what we even go back to game one. We saw Justin Burrell. You know, he did keep the game at five to nothing. Thompson and to bring in Alvarado and to validate what you're thinking about. And I think that was, was how do we keep this game close enough to some of their big boys and try and tire them out a few days in Philadelphia? And at the same Lance, and the quote from Pitchwell in the third and fourth inning felt that, that that would have propelled him to get through to agree with in the sense that he was going to face and it was going to be the top, top part of the order it against Lance McCullers, who probably to get through it, but unfortunately did not. But to your point about how, how deep and how good this pitching, they've got Luis Garcia, they've got Stanek got to make an appearance, and maybe it might be the early bridge. It was Naris's Presley's Brian's on with these guys. So why wouldn't you try as a Stanek in a fifth inning, keep this and pull Lance McCullers out where he pitched better than he did in the I'm out of there. Don't put this. Don't home runs up. Um, now he's a now he's a footnote book in the World Series, and and but at the same time you still got guys chomping with you in the sense that Dusty is a wonderful man. Last night that might have been a little bit of a mistake. We're to keep that game close enough for the offense. Look, there are times where pitchers got to wear it. I'm sitting there covering the Red Sox in 2004, <laughs> and what people forget about in the series that they beat the Yankees was a game three when they lost 19-8. Tim Wakefield, who one of the better guys in the game, was out there getting destroyed, and they kept leaving him out there because they rested the entire bullpen. So when they turned back in that series and Kurt Schilling and company getting the ball, they got a whole rested bullpen because Wake just sat out there and got, now that's going to happen. So if it's in a situation where it makes sense, Lance McCullers is a team guy. He'll go wear it. That's not a problem. But to what you just said, he shouldn't have been in that spot. And when you've got, I said that, you know, look, game one, going back to that for a second here, I'm okay with, and I said this to you, look, 5 nothing. you know, Verlander, you're going to give him a lot of leash. I mean, the guy's a Hall of Famer. He's going to win Cy Young. But, Blubber, I got to get a lead to Abreu. I don't care if it's 5-4. Five, 5-4 four. Five, four is fine. It can't be 5-5. Five, five. Got, I got to be in a spot where Verlander is out, and I know my horses who don't give up runs again, an ERA sub-1 in the postseason as a group, they got to have the lead. Now, to your point, let's flip it forward. You're Rob Thompson. I got Nola, right, who's one of my two horses going. And then I got a game where I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with Syndergaard probably going to start, right? But I got everyone available and a day off behind that. 
The Phillies have a two to one lead, a crowd that's difficult to deal with, a Nola Javier matchup that is, and I love Javier too, in their favor, at least on paper, in terms of if both pitch at their high level, it's the guy the Phillies want out there, right? That's their guy. And they got all their bullpen available. That makes it feel like more than, than two to one. How do you take the other side and not feel that way if you're on the Astros side? Because that's how it looks now. It feels like more than two to one the way it's set up. Because there are factors into that. that you know, Astros got into that environment in Philadelphia. Uh, maybe they've seen the worst putting up big, big numbers, hearing the roar of the crowd environment. I hope that that, that them to be able to adapt in, in game four. I'm hoping, but at the same time, far you know in these short series, especially season where you you know it's it, it's it's in a short amount of time. It definitely does favor the Astros with Javier and the offense in a short sprint like this. You need to at least have, have that momentum right now, and with the rain out pushing things you use Ranger Suarez and then him and have, have Rob Thompson of Alvarado. Now your best pitchers between Wheeler and Nola going. If he can give five strong and those big boys in that bullpen that he has, idea that the Phillies can go out there and maybe or get that third win before the equation with no one guard, but if Alvarado and Dominguez can go back to back, they would have had to go back to back to back, and and really they made some of the decisions. The Rob, Rob Thompson, but I think understanding the environment, you understand that you have going to make the adjustment. Are you going going the key factor for the Astros right now? Scat crowd out of it and just force that fastball effectively. I remember going back to and covering and being there in 2019 in World Series, and the Astros didn't win, but they're sitting there and they're in a seven game series where, you know, home field advantage certainly was not like this. It was the, it was the antithesis of this because nobody won at home in that series, <laughs> right? But Jordan yeah. Alvarez was a kid, had started that postseason like one for 21. And in the middle of it, one of the things that impressed me most was just how quickly he flipped the switch. It was like seven for 11 with a bunch of walks to close out that postseason. He can do that quickly. What are you noticing in his at-bats? Is it the way he's been? Look, sometimes you're going to face the best pitching in the postseason. So tell me how much is, is the way he's being pitched and how much is, hey, it's noticeable where this is what's happening with Alvarez versus the guy who looked like you couldn't get him out a couple of weeks ago here, Blummer, against the Mariners. It goes to the credit of the Philadelphia Phillies and able to watch some of these series. And that it's also having a good, good game plan and actually executing it. Job of facing him without guys on base, on base, and Jeremy Pena being on base is a little bit easier because. You know, if it's going to be a solo home run, you limit the damage. But at the same time, there's also a guy going as, and, and you know, the he gets, and he's one of the better hitters. You take away the 450-foot bomb. He's a very intelligent hitter. 
field. And I think that, you know, he, he might have played games, but if he's able to relax a little bit, he's, he's going to go out there and do damage. But as the flip, in order for the Astros to always talk about horses and these guys, this guy's one of those guys. He's not that young kid from two where he kind of shocked the world and presence in the box and his ability to get the battle of the expectation is there. And how do you against pitchers who are game planning their brains are for the Astros to get back in this series? They're going to need your Don to be able to be more patient at bats. I've seen in this lineup if they're early on and put themselves in a hole a lot of pitches early whereas you order some pitches and I kind of like the idea of pitches because then all of a sudden he's going to get a mistake to your point people need to realize it's the difference in three years went from you know the, the guy who's the surprise to the guy they can't let beat you right and there are a bunch of them in that Astros lineup certainly Bregman Altuve Pena and Tucker just to name a few gonna be fun here for game four who knows what the heck we're gonna get I mean look we had Zach Wheeler starting it wasn't that long ago in game two after a big win where oh my god nobody can stop the Phillies and four pitches in he's down two nothing after three doubles so who knows what we'll see always enjoy it Blumber. thanks so much for the time today man appreciate this no, I always appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. There's Jeff Blum joining us, and we appreciate him. Host of Believe in Astros, in addition to all the great coverage he does with the Strohs throughout the year and the postseason. I want to get into a number of things here. We appreciate Jeff for joining us and apologize, uh, obviously, for the uh, Wi-Fi technical difficulties as well for some of the in and out. I want to go in and out with you and, and, and hit a number of things, but I want to start at what I believe is the most important thing that happened yesterday outside of who won the game, which clearly is all that matters in some respects. And I want people to listen to me and I want you to listen closely because it, I, I don't like the word apologist, but if there ever was going to be a dusty apologist, I'm the guy, right? I've worked with him. I love him. He's a friend. He's a way better person than he is a manager. He's a Hall of Fame level manager, and he's been terrific for many years and is waiting for that one thing that he hasn't been able to do that is a player, not as a manager, and he's three wins away from that said thing. But if you go and you'll see, I tweeted out yesterday, and even before Smoltz, he was talking about it, and thank, I'm thankful that he did on the broadcast. In covered enough of these over the last 20 years, a series and beating a team like Houston four times or like Philly the way they're rolling four times in a seven-game stretch, you have to, as much as you're playing that pitch, that inning, you have to think grand scheme. you got to be playing the long game. You have to. Got no choice. When you are in a game like that yesterday, it is inexcusable. And I love Dusty. It is inexcusable to allow Lance McCullers to be in that game that long. Not because Lance McCullers didn't pitch better in innings three and four. Not because you don't have the offense that can battle back and get back in a game. Not because the week before he was rough against the Yankees at the beginning, settled down and kept you in the game. Not because he didn't have the experience. He's got that too. And not only because the game's getting away from you and you can't win it. But you're trying to win a series. And in trying to win a series... You have to understand the weaknesses of the other team and of your opponent. And I know Dusty does. And he knows, as well as you and I do, that as great as the Philly bullpen has been the last three, four weeks, they are about slugging, and they're about the guys at the front of the rotation, and that's more of their story. 
The story of depth and pitching is the Astros story. That's the story they tell. Of the sub-1 ERA bullpen is the story they tell. Of the Abreu could close for like 26 teams and probably save 40 games next year. And he's sitting there, he's in your sixth inning. That's the story you tell, not the Phillies. Not the Phillies who tell the story of trying to figure it out, how much they got to overuse Alvarado and Dominguez. Do they go to Eflin? When? Does he have to close a game? Can Robertson still close? How do we use him? What do we do? When do we do it? How many times we got to use Suarez or use other guys in the bullpen and be creative and be over-aggressive as Rob Thompson was in game one and had to be and won it. Game three of the LCS against the Padres had to be and won it. All right? That's the story you tell. You have the grand list of all your bullpen arms, and they got a bullpen that's got to probably be flawless this whole series to beat you. So what you're trying to do to take my gut that said Phillies in six and put in the brain before this series on this show that said Astros in six is to go with what I said the biggest difference maker was, and it's not the 19 wins in a regular season nobody gives a crap about anymore. It is the depth in your pitching staff and the depth in their pitching staff. When you understand those two things, you have to deplete that group. You have to wear them out. You have to tire them out. You have to render them to a point where that Philly group is going to be used and used and used and used again. You want Rob Thompson to ride them like Seattle slew. Because when you get into the nitty-gritty of this series, the game six and seven, the boxing rounds 10 through 12, the championship rounds at a UFC event, you have worn them down, and that is where you're getting the takedown. That is when you're getting the knockdown. That is when your Saquon, who's run 19 times for 12 yards, but that 20th one, like Barry Sanders used to back in the day, is going for 80. That is how you win this series because that is where your biggest discrepancy is and where their weakness is. That being the case, here is what is going on in the mindset of most people who are managing, and probably Dusty, you got to think it is staff yesterday at this point. The longer this goes, the wider the lead is, the less that guy over there, Rob Thompson, got to use that group. So now he doesn't got to go to Alvarado. He didn't have to go to Dominguez. He didn't have to use Eflin. He didn't have to use Robertson. And when I say didn't have to, he didn't use any of them at all. He had an off day for a rainout, right? Okay. He had a travel day. And now you gave him another day where the bullpen wasn't used. He can go for Alvarado for eight outs for crying out loud if he wanted to, to go get a game four and try and take a three to one commanding lead. And who the hell cares what happens with Syndergaard and company? I'll let Gibson back him up, piggyback him, Brogdon him, and I'll go get to Wheeler with a 3-2 lead if I got to. And then Suarez piggybacked by Nolan game seven. I don't care about winning on the road. He, gonna be, he could do whatever he wants. You got three days these guys haven't pitched. You cannot let that happen if you're Dusty in that spot. That was a terrible mistake. It was a terrible, terrible mistake. And while people are sitting there and they're right, and I get it, like, how are we going to come back from this if we're down now 5 nothing, and then it's 7 nothing after a two-run home? And I get that, right? That's accurate, too, right? Sure. You, you know, the Astros, aren't, you know, Phillies aren't the only team that came back down 5 nothing game one that can have come back with offense. The Astros can come back with offense. They got all the offense to do that, especially in that small park. But it wasn't about that, and that's what was driving me bananas that nobody's talking about until finally Smolty brought it up during the game, like two innings later, is how is nobody talking about the mistake that's being made here is now the Phillies don't got to run their bullpen horses 
and you let them rest. You gave them a win that was an easy win for them. You made it easier, and you literally took nothing that hangs over in that win. Like, for example, in game one, Rob Thompson going into game two knows, hey, look, I'm up one nothing, but dot, dot, dot. Don't know how or if I can use Alvarado. Don't know how or if I can use Dominguez. Don't know how or if I can use Eflin. Don't know how or if I can use Robertson. And I got Wheeler, who's fatigued, right? So you put him in that spot. We get that, okay? And they didn't win game two, by the way. You won it. He had to use all those horses. Now you're in a spot where they're up two to one. They took the momentum from an, an even series again. They put you in a spot where now six times no one's won in that ballpark, right? Now Christian Javier got to be brilliant. Look at these bats and all the confidence that they have. But what you did was you literally left no butts. There's no dot, no other dot, and no other dot. There's nothing. We won the game. It was easy. We pitched all these guys we don't care about. Kyle Gibson, not in the, not in the outhouse. He's not even in our house. He's sleeping outside in the yard somewhere in this roster. You let him get in the game, pitch well against you. That was an incredibly, incredibly bad mistake by Dusty. And needs to be talked about. And look, I'm fair. I love the guy. If he hears this, he's going to not like it. But it's just the way it is. You can't do that. You cannot allow them to not use their bullpen horses. That's the part. Look, some people watch baseball. You got to dig into baseball. You want to love baseball. This is the crazy about baseball. As I've said about years for fantasy baseball, it's like, and I, I played it for, I don't even know, 20 years now, right? Fantasy baseball is nuts. We love it. Now, I play fantasy football, and I got friends of mine who play fantasy football. They're like, fantasy baseball? What the hell is that? Why the, I got I to gotta change my roster every day? I got to put in pitchers that change every day? I got I to gotta figure out where I'm going to go with a new pitcher every day? I got to know who's lefty, who's righty, who's venditti? What the hell do I want to do that for? But a baseball nut job looks at it and says, I get to change my pitchers every day. I get to match up lefties and righties. I get to do all of this. If you are sinking in like that kind of nut job, like I am in baseball, you're watching this game yesterday thinking, how the hell are you not forcing them to use their bullpen? That game stays four or five to nothing. And Rob Thompson going to start managing like Rob Thompson. It's like knowing Teen Wolf's on the other side, and all you got to do to get the wolf out is keep that game at four or five runs. You know he's coming out. You know what's about to happen. I mean, come on. You know Becky about to turn into Icebox if you just let it happen. All the bullpen arms are coming out. We've seen how Rob Thompson manages. you got to force him to manage that way. There was a terrible, terrible job yesterday in handling Lance by Dusty, and I love Dusty to death. That was bad. Really, really bad. And not because you can't come back. You probably weren't going to come back in that game. And then when it's 7 nothing, I'm thinking to myself, well, geez, if I'm the Astros, I'm just trying to get back in the game enough to make him use somebody. And I, I bet you that's what their hitters are thinking. They don't know if they're coming back down seven runs, but I can get two or three off Gibson here in the seventh, or Nelson in the eighth, at least make him use Dominguez for an inning, make him use Alvarado for an inning because that may not affect that guy with that one inning in game four tonight, but it may in game five when Syndergaard's starting and they don't know where the hell they're going to go to send you back to Houston with a chance to go win the whole thing at home. You have to think that way if you're managing in a series. And I get, I get angry, to be honest, I'm angry like for Dusty because, you know, look, 
it's hard for me not to want him to get these wins. But that's a that's a that's a bad job. You cannot do that. And you got to understand baseball to understand that. And I know he does, but I'm just saying for people who watch it, like, would it be like, oh, la di da, the game's over. Who cares? No, it does matter. You got to have Alvarado, Dominguez, and Eflin in there, not Brogdon and Nelson and Gibson. It was a terrible job. The Astros let that happen. And and I didn't say Lance McCullers, by the way. The staff let that happen. Now, was he tipping pitches? Of course he was tipping his pitches. But in two ways, okay? One, he was tipping them with the glove, which you can clearly see. And that's a bad job by everybody involved in the staff because it's the bench's job. Lance is in the middle of it, right? Somebody got to pick that up on the Astros staff. How the hell's that on Twitter and nobody picked it up? You mean Twitter can go ahead and help tell the Mets organization they should go get some weird ear check for sweat for Joe Musgrove, but we can't get facts to Lance McCullers about what not to tip with, with the glove position, which is clearly where it was happening. If you watch the videos, they were going leg kicks. All It was the glove position. It was clear. You knew when off speed was coming, but you somebody got to pick that up. But the bigger way that the, the, the tipping of the pitches happen, and this happens, people do all kinds of pitchers. I mentioned Jacob deGrom. Let's flip all the way back. Go back two weeks ago. Jacob deGrom's in a spot where he didn't trust his fastball for like two innings against the Padres. I'd never seen that happen to him. And he's throwing slider, 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 slider. Guess what? If I know a slider's coming, it's not as hard to hit. Now, Jacob deGrom's got a nasty slider. It's nasty because it's 92, 93. That's crazy. But it's nasty because he can spot 101. And that is from that plane why 92, 93, you can't hit it. All right? So if I'm telling you Lance McCullough's got great slider, got a great slider, got a great curveball, got a great curveball, got a good changeup, got a good changeup. But if you cannot even show me the fastball and I got no reason to rush it and I'm waiting, I'm going to kill you. You're going to have to come into the zone and you're going to get mauled. This is why, you know, going back yesterday, and I love this part of baseball, people, and you can tell it makes me mildly passionate, but I was talking about this yesterday when Gary Sheffield was on. I used to sit there for years with Sheffield. He used to talk about ambushing pitchers and the importance of it. And, you know, one of the things he would always talk about, he talked about the Castellanos at bat. If you joined yesterday's show, if you missed it, get on Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. And he broke down that Castellanos at bat beautifully because – one of the problems, and, and you know, Justin JV probably kicking himself for this too, in that at-bat where, if you remember, Hoskins should have scored on the play before that, doesn't. Stuck at third, Castellanos drives in a run, and it kind of starts that ball rolling against Verlander. But And John Smoltz, to his credit, mentioned this on the broadcast, saying he'd want the pitch back. When a guy can't catch up to a heater on the inside part of the plate, you don't slow his bat down. Like, there are people who are like, oh, well, now you fool him because he's so worried about the fastball. If, if I can't hit it, you don't have to fool me, all right? If you go put a pull-up bar up there, I can't do any. You think, like, by, like, going ahead and, like, you know, fool, surprising me with one, it's not going to matter. I can't get to it. If he can't hit a fastball, all you got to do is bop, 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 go higher and higher. Like the song says, you're out the door. That's it. But when you go ahead and you go into the zone I can hit and you slow my bat down when I can't catch up to that, it's why a lot of older players live on forever. It doesn't matter if Nelly Cruz is going to get old enough where eventually he can't hit a fastball because if they keep throwing sliders to Nelson Cruz, boomstick and hit him 9,000 feet. That's what happens. So in a spot like this yesterday, 
you're taking that game out of the mind of a, of a hitter. I know you're not going to throw the fastball. You literally have – forget about – he threw two fastballs to left-handers in the last three weeks. Thumb left-handed. I don't even have – I'm just waiting. Now, that curveball and that changeup and that slider, where because I'm twitchy with waiting for the fastball, right, it, it's going to surprise me. Or now I decide too late and, I, and I'm in between, which we saw from Altuve a lot, right, when he strode the last couple of weeks. When you're caught in between, there's no in between because you can't throw me a fastball. There's no between. I'm just waiting for breaking balls, and you're throwing them over the plate because you have to get strikes in account. That is why to go back, and I'm not trying to give a hitting lesson, but this is why when pitchers draw up, you know how they're going to get it done with their breaking stuff. You know, Edwin Diaz, another great example. Look at the year he had, untouchable. Edwin Diaz came to the Mets. He had a fastball that threw 100. Then he had the same slider he's got now. You know what the difference is? He didn't know where the fastball was going. So he had to throw too many sliders, and he couldn't pitch. I'm sitting there, Houston Astros fans watching. 2017. Was it 17 World Series? 2017. Ken Giles, all right? I remember sitting behind. I was literally in the media section, our studio. I was right behind Brad Peacock's family. And actually had a really cool view of his sister filming. It was, it was very touching. They were emotional. His three innings in, in that save that he had closing the game because they were going to him. They were going to anybody that I can't even remember all the different names that they used because Davinsky, I think, once, right? Maybe Presley, another. They, Ken Giles, remember him? Ken Giles, like a lot of closers, like Diaz, even though it wasn't as good as that, but fastball slider. Billy Wagner, fastballs, right? There's a million guys, lefties and righties that are that way, right? Fastball slider. Now, Ken Giles, when he was Philadelphia Phillies, certainly is a tie with these series. Both know him. When he's dominant, died 99-100, and then that slider, he got no chance. But if he can't throw the fastball over the plate and he's always behind, well, now that slider is not an out pitch. Now you're having to throw it for strikes, okay? When you can't throw the fastball for strikes, now you're getting back into account with a slider, and now you're finished. And that is what was happening to Edwin Diaz. That's what was happening to Ken Giles, and he never came back from the reservation to which he left and get some injuries too, right? But this is what happens when a guy like Lance McCullers, who doesn't even throw a hard fastball, is not showing you one at all. I'm just waiting, and that is what happened yesterday in the game. Because, yeah, there's glove position and other things, but they, they very well might have said, and I'll never know, you know, Bryce Harper might have said, he's not throwing a fastball. Bryce Harper knows what's happened to him in counts before with McCullers. He's watched all the videos. They're eventually saying he's not throwing the fastball like at all. Because if he's going to shoot you one even at 87, 88, right? He's going to get a strike ahead. Now he can play with the off speed. Now you got to cover more of the plate. Now you get two strikes. You got to shorten up. He, he's in, he's in, in go mode with those breaking balls. But if he can't throw a fastball and he's not even trying, you have to show it. How many times do you watch guys that throw predominantly fastballs and every once in a while they'll show you a curveball? And they're just hoping they could get it over the plate every now and again. That's what made, look, as dominant as any pitcher I've ever covered in the postseason in any that I've seen in 20 years, 2019. Tell me right now, I remember talking to George Springer. And I, I look, I know people hear these names, I think trash cans. But I, I remember in 2019 talking to Springer, Altuve, a bunch of the guys down the field in our pregame show before the, the game after Strasburg pitch. And they were talking like the whole, like the 27 Yankees wouldn't have hit him. Steven Strasburg, you go back to, remember him, he used to pitch once. You go back to that year, he's dropping 12-6 curveballs at the bottom of the zone to start counts. 
if you could drop a 12-6 curve at the beginning of a count, think about this. The whole rest of the at-bat, the hitter's gone. I mean, literally, he he in your hands like silly putty. You want to talk about having hand like Jerry Seinfeld, you said, right? I mean, you got hand like for days because guys are expecting you to try and get a fastball, try and get over. And this is why too many of those get taken. It's why the approach that they took to Wheeler was the right one a lot of times with guys who throw heaters. But if I can't get breaking balls over, or if I can't get a fastball and can only get breaking balls over and throw them for strikes in the middle of the zone, that's what happened yesterday. So the story should have been McCullers didn't have it. The Phillies had him. It's 4 nothing, and now it's a bullpen game. And instead, it became Rob Thompson didn't have to do anything. The Phillies had an easy victory. It didn't tax anybody whatsoever. Anything about what would take away from the next two games, and now you're in, so you're in some trouble if you're Houston. Now, I expect Christian Javier to pitch well tonight because he seems to do that all the time. He'd been terrific. I don't know what you're getting out of Aaron Nola. I don't. Second time in a series. Like the first time, everybody talks about, you know, Verlander blew a 5 nothing lead, but Aaron Nola was the one down those runs, right? So the Astros are going to have some confidence coming in. They can hit Nola. Now, you could be at home. It's going to be different with that stadium. I get that, right? And a more comfortable environment. But Nola did not pitch well last week in the LCS. I know that brother game, and it was weird. He did not pitch well in game one of the series. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. But, you know, based on paper, with a 2-1 lead and Aaron Nola on the mound at home, where you have a loss up 6-0 down, the whole bullpen available, and your bat's feeling saucy, this is not an easy spot for the Astros, and they are in some major trouble. The Houston Astros go down early in this game. They're in some big trouble. Now, how is Dusty going to manage the bullpen tonight? This is something that should not be a question, but I think we have to question. Again, love Dusty. Stay too long with it. It's not like this year the first time this happened, right? Everybody got their kryptonite. His has been, he's such a good dude. He trusts his guys so much that he's trusted starters too much. That's happened a lot, all right, where they haven't been pulled. And here's a spot where now you wonder with Javier after what happened yesterday. Javier had been great. I don't care, and I mean this in the nicest way. If it's me, and the reason I don't manage a team, clearly, but if it's me, if Christian Javier don't have it in the first inning, Abreu's in the second inning going three frames if I have to. And I won't pitch him tomorrow, and then I get the day off, and I'll see you in game six. I- I'm going to Garcia, who's a starter. I'm going to Abreu. I'm going to Stanek. I'm, I'm Presley throwing six outs for me. Well, what the hell are they going to do tomorrow? You know what they're going to do? They're going to beat the crap out of Noah Syndergaard tomorrow. I'm, at least that's what I'm saying. If, if it were me, that's the mindset. If I'm the Astros, that's what we're going to do. We're going to tax the hell out of their bullpen, and we're going to beat up on Syndergaard tomorrow. I'm taking this game. Presley throwing six outs if I need. I don't care what's got to happen. But that's got to be the urgency and the mentality of Dusty Baker tonight in this game because you in some trouble. You go down early, and you're telling me with three runs in that Javier's still in this game. That's not okay. He can't face Harper again next time around if that's who hit him. He can't face short. you got to manage that way. I am not all for the overly crazy 2022. You know, Wheeler, now we know he was fatigued, but out of, after 86 pitches, you know, DeGrom, who's been handled that way. We got, yeah, I, I don't know how Tyler Anderson was getting the outs he was getting as a pitch to contact guy, but he's at 86 pitches. Mind you, he's telling you he could pitch five more innings, which is a little BS, but he shouldn't have been taken out of the game. Blake Snell, 2020, which was crazy in game six of the World Series. I'm not all up in that, but I also am not going to sit here telling you we're all playing Atari because we're not. And you got to have urgency. You got to be the one who pushes that buzzer too soon rather than the one who waits too long. The waits too long is gone. You're on the golf course in this sport as a manager. 
Watch Dusty Baker and the managing of Javier tonight. Will he adjust if they go down? I don't care if it's 2 nothing. Now, I'm not saying you overreact. Look, he gives up a bloop and a blast and strikes out the next three guys. You want to wait and see? But wait and see means the next time there's a guy on base, there's someone up in the bullpen. That's wait and see. Not I wait till the next three runs are in. That's the difference in a series. You let the Phillies get this one. They're liable to win tomorrow with Syndergaard. Seven in a row at home at that point. Unbeatable. Unbelievable momentum. All the pressure on the Astros. Are you going to fail again on Dusty? Are you going to fail again? Phillies will be feeling house money and then some. You cannot go down in that spot. you got to get Javier out. I don't care what the hell, how early it is, and get a brand new company in that game. If it's if it's 2 to nothing, second inning, 3 nothing in the third inning, it does not matter. You cannot get too far behind. You can score runs against the Phillies, and you're going to get runs against Nola. He's not going to shut you out. But now Rob Thompson, thanks to you, is in a spot where he can go Nola just like he did in game one. And if I'm sitting there 4-4, Nola right now, you know what Nola is tonight? Nola not the ace tonight. Nola not I got to dominate you tonight. Nola not I'm going to shut you down tonight. Nola's I'm keeping you in it 4-4-5-5-8-8, whatever the hell it is, in the fifth inning, and then he's gone. And you gave them that opportunity, and that was the mistake that was made last night. That was the biggest story of that game. Not the tipping of the pitches. That's baseball. That's how you win a series, and that's how you lose a series. It's how in one game you lose a whole series. Because I'm telling you right now, remember I said this? <laughs> you, look, I, I sat there before game one. I told you the day before, and I tried to toot horns, but let's toot them. So that'd be the most aggressive you've ever seen a manager in a game one if he gets in middle innings. That's what Tom did. what he did. I'm telling you right now, mark my words. You're going to be sitting there in the, it could be the fourth inning tonight when you see Alvarado. The fifth inning. Rob Thompson got a chance to win this game. And they got like a two-run lead and Nola looks like he's slowing down. He is going to go to every single horse he's got like it's game seven and basically hand you the Syndergaard game to take a three-to-two lead. Then he got Wheeler with an extra day and Suarez with Nola backing him up in game seven. And he'll try and win tomorrow. I mean, don't get me wrong. But take a three-to-one lead? You gave him that opportunity. You can lose a series in a game like this, in a sport like this. Now, look, in the NBA, can't do that. In game three, you make a, a you know a bad you know out-of-bounds play call, or you sit there, you have a bad turnover. It's just a game. Doesn't matter. You lost by 70 or 20. As long as somebody gets hurt, nobody gets teed up where they can't. It's not like that. The NHL, same way. Doesn't matter. You lose by eight goals, just one game. What carries over? Probably nothing. Now, somebody gets injured. I get it. Right? Goaltender confidence. So you want to make a goalie change? Okay, maybe. Not that way. Baseball, different animal. You can lose a whole series in a game. I'm not trying to tell you that's exactly what is going to happen because who the hell knows with these two teams. But you may look at the end of this series and say the Astros lost it because of that decision last night. When you are in the fifth inning tonight in a 4-3 game and you see Alvarado, remember that. We always remember you. Our thanks to Jeff Blum for jumping on board. Jody Mack and others will join me tomorrow. We'll be here Friday. We'll continue throughout the course of the World Series. As always, we're live at noon Eastern three ways. You can get on my Twitter, Believes YouTube, my YouTube, or as always, we welcome those folks who are in Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcast. Now, officially, we could say 118 
episodes deep into Unfiltered and yet another live edition of October Unfiltered. Both are presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.